somewhat similar to this a couple years ago, um, but not quite like this. Ephesians chapter number 2, and uh, we'll begin reading verse number 1. I do want to say thank you all for the good singing. And uh, I remember when the only singers we had was the one you're looking at right now. Uh, I was it. And so I'm glad the Lord's given some people uh, to come and pick up, play it, and sing. And it's been a blessing. Ephesians chapter number 2, let's look in verse number 1. If you're there, say amen. Amen. Paul is, of course, writing to the church of Ephesus, and he says this. Paul, an apostle, excuse me, I'm in the wrong one, chapter 2, chapter 2. Uh, Paul's writing, he said, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, where in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. I've always loved, verse number four, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace are you saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace, and in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus under good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Wherefore remember that ye, being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision, in the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Now pay attention to verse 13. But now, is anybody glad for a right now? Oh, yes. But now, in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood. Amen. Of Christ. If I could tonight, I don't want to go through and preach on seven ways Christ shed his blood. Amen. I preached one time on four ways, but the Lord showed me some more. So we've added three. Amen. Seven ways that Jesus Christ has shed his blood. And I want you to see that it's not just, I think we can make application, the blood was not just for the atonement of sin. But so much more, amen? So amen. much more that the blood being applied uh, relates to you and me in our lives. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be here. And God, I pray, Lord, that you move in the preaching like you have to say. Lord, I cannot preach without you. And Lord, I, I don't want to try. So please get on me and help me. God, give me strength in my voice, Lord. Give me power and unction, Lord. Give me strength in holy things. God, please help me, Lord. And please you to feed your flock. God, I'm not here to entertain. I'm not here to give power on the back. Lord, I'm here uh, to feed the sheep. That's what you called me to do. So, Lord, I'm asking you to help me to do just that tonight. I sure love you. I thank you for all that you've done in this church. I pray, God, for those who are out tonight. God, that you've been with them. 
and help us in this service in Jesus' name and all the Lord's people said. Amen, amen. You may be seated. If I could briefly by way of introduction, I want you to understand that it is here in our text where we find ourselves reading what I believe to be one of the most encouraging, one of the most everlasting, and one of the most enlightening portions of Scripture in all of the Bible concerning our standing with the God of glory. Now, I say we ought to take the next 50 years and shout and rejoice over what God has done for us. In verse number one through five, God pulls us. I want you to, if you take notes, write this down. Verses one through five, God pulls us from our death and defiled state. In verse one through five, God pulls us from our death and defiled state. In verses six through nine, God places us in his presence and his promises. In the first five verses, God is pulling us from death and defilement. But in the verse 6, 7, 8, 9, God is placing us in His presence and in His promises. What are the promises? Well, we see there's a promise of raising us up in verse number 6. There's a promise of riches in verse number 7 and a promise of redemption in verse number 8 and 9. But then we find verses 10 through 13. God has pulled us in the first five verses. God places us in 6 through 9. But then we find God purifies us in verses 10 through number 13 by his birth and by his blood. Uh, can I say without the shed blood of the Lord Jesus we all die in our deprived uh, state of sin. Verse number 2 and 3 uh, lets us know who we are and what we were. Uh, my friend, verse number 4 and 5 lets us know who we are and what we were. We were dead uh, in trespasses and sin. And verse number 10 through verse number 13. But can I say, but because of his shed blood tonight, you and I have had something that we can rejoice eternally about. We can rejoice everlasting. We can be encouraged at any moment of the day, any time, no matter the season, no matter the storm. If you're blood bought, there's something that can enlighten you and encourage you to stay the course for the cause of Christ. Now, I want you to see tonight as the old song, also old songwriter said, oh, how precious is the flow that makes me as wide as uh, snow. I don't have time to read it, but uh, we read about the blood in Ephesians 1.7, and we read about the blood in Revelation 1.5 and Revelation 7.14. Uh, but may I say the blood of Christ is still the remedy. Uh, and I say, my friend, there's nothing on this side of heaven that the blood of the Lord Jesus cannot overcome. You say, preach, I know it saved my soul, yeah, uh, but the blood will help you overcome more than just the condition of your soul. Uh, can I say whether it's your soul or sin or sorrow or storms or self? Has anybody ever run into problems with yourself? Uh, self, what about Satan and sadness, my friend? Uh, uh, there was a day over 2,000 years ago uh, when the precious blood of the Lord Jesus uh, uh, poured out for you and I. Uh, that's when the cure was conceived because uh, the Lord Jesus paid it all. And whatever you need, there is a liberty tonight because Jesus shed his blood. Amen. Amen. If the Lord 
Seven places, different ways. How, how did the Lord shed His blood? What significance did it bring? We understand it brought forth the atonement of our sin, but uh, may I say God had more than salvation on His mind when He sent the only Son, His only begotten Son into this world. It's the shedding of Christ's blood uh, that shows us how mindful of God the Father, the God of the Bible really was concerning me and you. And so if God will help us, I want to give you seven ways that Christ shed his blood. Seven ways. Seven ways that Christ shed his blood. Take your Bible. Let's go to the book of Luke. Chapter number 22. Now I want you to hold on to this. This is the kind of thing that will help you more than you realize it will down the road. We're going to deal with the parts of our lives and how this blood applies to our lives. Luke chapter number 22. Look at verse number 39. Luke 22, verse number 39. For there say men. Amen. The Bible said he came out when as he walked to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples also followed him. When he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray that ye enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast, and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed the more earnestly, and his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. May I say to this evening, it is here that Jesus' blood uh, is shed in the garden of Gethsemane. This is the place of the cup. This is the place where the Lord would drink not just any cup, but the cup of wrath. It, it our sin and the wrath and the pressure that had been placed on the Son of God is right here in this text. It is the first mention tonight uh, that we will find and we will make known of the shedding of blood. Can I say Jesus' blood is sufficient for those who are in sin and who abide in separation? Has anybody ever thought about why Jesus was crying and under such pressure and asking God if it be possible let this cup pass from me? And he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. You know what Jesus knew, Brother Shelby? Jesus knew it would not be but just another moment when he would walk up Calvary's hill and he would hang on a criminal's cross and the God of all of eternity would turn his back and close his eyes and plug his ears to the cry of the Son of God. May I say that Jesus shed his blood so you and I would never have to experience the separation of Almighty God. God's never turned a deaf ear of any one of us because he did it on Calvary. I'm telling you there's great significance in the shedding of blood because of this moment when Jesus shed his blood. You and I will never go through that separation or the wrath of God. Amen. Isn't it good to know that you can call on him and his ears still went? Yes. His arms not shortened that, that he cannot save. He's still here. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you, there's, there's great significance to the shedding of blood. Give me a little bit on this. The, the shedding of blood 
First place we find mention of that is in the Garden of Gethsemane. I, I preached through this half ever since got called to preach. It is the place of the cup, my friend. It is where God was fixing to turn the tide in the direction in the favor of the world. You all understand that, don't you? Uh, he did not turn his back and, and he did not forsake his son just to have something to do. He chose you and me over him. Can I get a witness? You say, preacher, I'm having a bad day. Well, thank about this. God chose you over his own son on Calvary. Well, preacher, I'm in a bad season. I don't know if I'm up or down. I, I don't know if I'm coming or going. I don't know the direction to take. Well, here's some good news for you tonight. You might not be able to rejoice over the next step you're going to take, but you can rejoice that 2,000 years ago God closed the bridge yeah, and God closed the gap of separation yeah. between the Christ yeah. holy God of glory and the carnality and the and the mess and the makeup of mankind. I'm telling you, I'm glad that in the garden of Gethsemane that Jesus Christ shed his blood Amen. for you and I. Amen. Secondly, I want us to look in John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John's Gospel, chapter 19. Sheds his blood against Simeon. Number two, Jesus not only sheds his blood in the garden against Simeon, but Jesus shed his blood at the whipping post. Luke verse 1. Then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him. You don't have to be a Bible scholar to understand what this is, what's taking place. Paul said it like this over in 2 Corinthians 11, 24. He said, Of the Jews five times received I forty stripes save one. It was custom uh, to, to be last 39 times. Can I say there's two instances in which Jesus shed his blood at the whipping post. The first instance we're going to talk about tonight, uh, there's two accounts, and the first one we're going to talk about is when Christ is scourged or when he's beaten in the back, when they rip his back open with the cat nine tails. And the Bible lets us know it is custom that there are 39 times. There were 39 lashes. Now, I begin to think about this. This is all from today. I've not had time. I've not had books. I ain't had none of this. This is Holy Ghost stuff. 39 times. I begin to think about 39. 39. And here's what I remember. There's 39 books in that Old Testament. And I remember that they, all that's dealing with the law. And I remember that the Word of God said that Jesus came. But I'm not only for feel the law but to overcome it and to conquer it. Can I say tonight that my friend that's the shed blood of Jesus in the place of chastisement that where all may men can be satisfied and realize in this very moment every strike that was laid on his back it can represent every book under the law. But my friend I want you to understand something that the Holy Ghost reminded me it's for everybody that would ever turn their back on God. Yes. God paid their price. I can I say every one of us are guilty of turning away at some point and walking away from God. You know what we deserve? We deserve the lashing. We deserve Him yes. to reach out and grab us up. We deserve Him to discipline us. We deserve it. But how do y'all know? God is a God of wrath and judgment. But He's a God that's very long suffering. He's a God of mercy. He's a God of grace and kindness. 
this. And there's been a many times when I've turned my back and should have been lashed because Jesus shed his blood and was scourged in my place. I find grace in the eyes of God. Jesus shed his blood for whipping folks 39 times. Oh, friend, listen. This is a strike. For every book. Y'all remember what we're going to go there later when Isaiah said in Isaiah 53 said, By his stripes we are healed. We are healed. But not only does he, there's two, there's two occasions here. There's one point, but two occasions of shedding his blood at the wicked because not only do they scourge him, but then look at verse number two, John 19. And the soldiers fight the crown of thorns put it on his head and they put on him a purple robe and said, Hail, King of the Jews. And they smote him with their hands. Pilate therefore went forth again and said to them, that Behold, I bring him forth to you that ye may know that I find no fault in him. Then came Jesus wearing a crown of thorns, a purple robe. Pilate said unto them, Behold the man. Chief priests therefore and officers saw him and they cried out saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate saith unto them, Take him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and by our law uh, he ought to die, because he made himself the Son of God. And when Pilate therefore heard that saying, he was the more afraid, and went again into the judgment hall, and saith unto Jesus, Which art thou? But Jesus gave him no answer. And then saith Pilate unto him, Speakest thou not unto me, knowest that thou uh, knowest thou not that I have power to crucify thee and have power to release thee? Jesus answered, Thou couldst have no power at all against me except it were given thee from above. Therefore he that delivered me unto thee hath the greater sin. Uh, can I say, my friend, it is here uh, uh, that Jesus is crowned uh, uh, with the crown of thorns. Uh, uh, can I say, it is here, uh, my friend, that the blood is sufficient for all those. Uh, I want you to understand something. The blood is sufficient for all of those uh, who struggle in their minds. Uh, did you know the blood of Jesus cannot just cleanse your soul, uh, but it can cleanse and wash your mind. Uh, did you know this word of God has uh, been given through in my blood uh, uh, the Bible said to renew yourself uh, a right mind a right spirit. Uh, uh, the Bible said let this mind uh, be in you which is also in Christ Jesus. Uh, it's the blood that will cleanse your mind tonight. I really think this afternoon about these storms. And uh, I couldn't help but go back and think to where thorns first appeared. Genesis chapter number 3. When Adam and Eve sent in the garden, what pops up out of the ground? Thorns and thistles. The first Adam brought the judgment of thorns. But the second Adam came and done away with that judgment by wearing the crown of thorns yeah. upon his head. Amen. Can I say Jesus didn't just redeem man spiritually, but Jesus also has redeemed man mentally, physically. Let's go to Romans chapter number 8. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans. I, we, we typically don't turn like this, but this is just where we are tonight. Romans chapter number 8. Is everybody okay? Yes, ma'am. Go about the crown of thorns. Can I say that we're fixing to read it? The blood did not just cover you and help you out spiritually, but physically. 
And those thorns are representation of God overcoming what man created it physically when he physically committed spiritual sin. Romans chapter 8, look at verse number 1. The Bible said, There is therefore now no condemnation of them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, not after the spirit of the law, the spirit of life. Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death for what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh. God sent his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. They that are after the flesh be minded things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, things of the spirit, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. But the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God. Look here, neither indeed can be. You know what that tells me? There has to be a cleansing process in the minds of men for you to think with the mind of Christ. Where did that cleansing come from? I would like to think the crown forms. The blood that was shed over the mind. Are you with me tonight? I'm talking about the places and the ways that Jesus shed his blood. He shed his blood in the garden of Gethsemane. That was for the separation of mankind. Then he sheds his blood at the whipping post, screwing by two avenues through the crown of thorns and the, and the scourging on his back. And that was for that one that would turn and walk away from Jesus. But this is for that man, uh, my friend, that has thought himself to be something and he's really nothing. This is that man who follows his own intellect. This is that man who allows his mind to mess with him and mess him up, play tricks on him. Any of y'all ever have mind problems? Yeah. Anybody got mind problems? We're living in the most mentally medicated society that's ever lived. You know what I know? We got mind issues. And, and you run from this all you want. It's in the church. Yeah. I don't care how you can be John 3, 3, blood, buck, born. It don't make any difference. You still got a mind that you're going to have to fight. Yes, sir. And I tell you that you can get victory over your own mind because Jesus shed his blood for it. Amen. He shed his blood for it. Thirdly, Jesus shed, <clears throat> excuse me, Jesus shed his blood when they drove nails into his hands. Think about all these places and all these ways that Jesus shed his blood. He shed his blood in the garden of Gethsemane. Sweat turned to blood. He, he shed his blood at the whipping post. They whipped him in the back and they, they put the crown of thorns upon his head. But then we also know that when they nailed him to the cross, the Bible said that they nailed him through both his hands and his feet. Can I say, my friend, that Jesus' blood is sufficient for service and sacrifice. It's sufficient for all things done. Proverbs, go to Proverbs 31. I've been studying this old virtuous woman now for a little while. And as soon as I get a green light, I'm going to unload on you. Proverbs 31, there's a whole lot in here. We've been talking about, the last couple of weeks we've been studying and preaching on fields in the Bible. Fields of service and sacrifice. And Ruth, Ruth had a field, Boaz, and... Uh, Jeremiah's field that he uh, bought. But then look in Proverbs 31 at this, at this virtuous woman and her field. Notice what the Bible says she does. Proverbs 31, look at verse 16 first. 
I love this. The Bible said she considereth a field and buyeth it, and with the fruit of her water, she planteth a vineyard. You know what God has called and commissioned each of us to do? There's been, there's been a couple mentions made known to me this week. Brother Caleb was one of them today. Well, Josh, I don't ever want to be out of place. I don't want to overstep. I don't want to do anything. But I, I want to do something for God. I said, well, there's plenty to do. Can I get a witness, y'all? We ain't yeah. There's plenty to do. You know what this woman does? Think about this. She considered the field. The Bible does not say she looked out and there was a full-fledged blossom, fully produced, bountiful vineyard. She considered a field. She looked out over something that did not look like much to anybody else. But when she looked at that field, she did not just see the field, but my friend, she seen what the opportunity was and she would labor and work and sacrifice and be faithful to that field. That field would eventually become a vineyard. Yeah. How does she see that vineyard come to pass with the fruit of her hands. Look at Proverbs 31 31. Proverbs 31 31. Let's just look at verse 30. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Verse 31. Give her of the fruit of her. Let her own works praise her in the gate. You know what I see out here tonight? I see the fruit. Yeah. I see the fruit of my hands. Yeah. And some of your lives. And then I see the fruit of y'all's hands and some of the other lives. Amen. You know what I had eight years ago? A word from God. Yeah. That's all I had. Had no money. Didn't have no members. Didn't have a marriage at the time. A couple months later. But I had a word from God. You know all I could see in that little insulated panel building? All I could see was a field. But then God, through my faithfulness and just being faithful, doing what He told me to do, started letting me see fruit. Can I say this shedding of blood in the hands of Christ? It is sufficient for sacrifice and service for all things done. The shed blood of Christ ought to motivate you to serve Him. So the next time, don't act like you don't get this way. The next time on Sunday that you just don't really feel like crawling out of bed, would you please consider his hands? Stay on, preacher. Because he wants you to come work. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Stay on, preacher. Good preacher. We're living in a generation where church is all about us and help me and bless me and pet me up, set me up and promote me and give me a title and give me a position and put my name on the sign and put me in the, in the business notes and put me in the flyers and, and let me be the door greeter. And I'm mad if I, listen, it ain't about none of that. It's about being faithful to the field so we can see God bring forth fruit. You didn't know we can't produce fruit, but God, through our faithfulness in the labor of our hands, we'll create a vineyard. Say on. Now, I wish to God everybody was here tonight, but look at here. I remember when the small, this is a small crowd. We this one of a real bad down days. I remember, but sister, man, you remember this was a big day. A big day. 
If we'd have had somebody in the church get up, two or three young ladies, and, and sing, and another man play, my God, we'd have called revival. <laughs> what is it now? It's just free. Yeah. It's free. God wants these hands to work for Him. These are for service. What are these for? Steps. God wants you to labor, work. God also wants you to walk with Him and for Him. He said His blood not only in His hands, but in His feet. We understand there's seven ways. God, uh, the Son of God shed His blood when they drove nails in His hands, but what about when they uh, drove nails into His feet? And I say Jesus' blood is sufficient for each and every step that you will take. Yes, sir. This is all places gone. Christ can give our steps, can guide, excuse me. Christ can guide our steps. Notice this. You don't know why He's got the authority to guide our steps? Anybody know? Because he died for them. Yeah, man. Any man that will let them drive nails through his feet, I believe he tells us what to do with ours. Yeah, I need a witness tonight. Yes, sir. If he, if he would allow them to drive nails through his feet, bless God, if we ought to listen when he guides our feet. Amen. Can I say God will lead you places you never thought you'd go? He'll lead you to places you never thought you'd go. He'll lead you from places you never thought you'd leave. Yeah, man. Oh, hey, God works. How do you know? Been there, done that. Look at me. Never thought I'd be here, but God led me here. Right. Hello? I never thought, never thought I'm leaving out on Tuesday. I'm going to be in South Carolina. Never thought I'd be there preaching. How'd I get there? God led me there. I didn't get out self-promoting publicized. I mean, I'm a nothing and a nobody, but God's open doors because I've allowed Him to have my feet. Yeah. I said, Lord, I'll just walk where you lead me. Yeah. It's good. I'll do what you say to do. What's the Bible say in the book of Psalm 23? Everybody knows that psalm, especially around here. Lord, from the second psalm, not one, you make me lie down in great pastures, you're leading me beside still waters. Yea, go walk the thou shalt death through the week, thou wilt the rod staff, they comfort me. And what does the Bible say in verse number 3 of Psalm 23? I'm going to read it so I don't get it wrong. Psalm 23, 3. Notice what it says. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. For who? Can I say every step you take for God has nothing to do with you? Yes, right. It's not our glory to behold. Right. Everybody wants a pat on the back nowadays. Yeah. You listen? Yes, they put, if, if they push a vacuum, they want everybody to know it. Mm -hmm. right. Can I tell you it makes no difference if anybody sees you serving and walking and working with your hands? He does. He's the only one that can reward you. Who cares what anybody else thinks or knows? He's watching. He is watching. And he is he, he wants to lead us. And he can lead our steps because he died for them. He shed his blood for our steps. What about Psalm 25? Look right there with me. Psalm 25. Look at verse 4. Psalm 25, 4. The Bible said, Psalmist David said, Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy 
How can God lead us, guide our past? Because He shed blood. He paid the price at His own feet. Yeah. You know what you're doing when you're following His footsteps? There's a good book with this title. I'm going to rhyme it for a minute. You're following the trail of blood. Can I tell you, sometimes walking for Jesus is one of the scariest things you'll ever do. You know what Jesus? You know what Jesus will do? He will take you out of your comfort zone. Yes, sir. Oh, Peter! Only thing you know is fishing. Cool. Drop your nets. Don't ever go back. Follow me. Oh, you're a tax collector. You're a money man. Throw your books down. You ain't gonna live where we're headed. Follow me. You're a doctor, a physician. Well, what a blessing! Won't you throw your books down, Luke? Follow me. Yeah. But you know what? Every step that you follow him. There's something paving the way for you. Sure is. Y'all remember what old Doubt Thomas had to see, don't you? They said, he's risen, he's risen, Thomas. You're never going to believe it. He's not dead. He's alive. And he said, well, I believe it. When? When? I see the holes. Yeah. You know what we're going to see one day? Amen. We'll see. Yeah, right. I wonder when we're looking at those nail-pierced feet, God might ask us something like this. Was it worth walking for me down there? Amen. My, my, my. You look at those feet. Was it worth laboring and working the field and seeing the vineyard while you was down there? No, we're all we're going to do is the only thing we're going to do is bow. I don't think we're going to be able to speak. I think we're just going to bow. Say, oh, Lord. I am so selfish and so brave yeah. when it comes to serving God. You might not like that, but at times I am such a brat. Because yeah. I'll get to think, God, there's not very many people doing it like we're doing it. Right. Not very many people that's really having church. Right. Not very many people that's still preaching out of the book, the right, the book, the Bible, the Word of God. Not many people still dealing with sin and, and, and preaching on hell. There's not many people that still trying to do this thing. By the way, God, where, what's going on? One of these days, I'm going to feel that, that big. Yeah, yeah. When I see them hands. Mm. Hey, preachers, we've been dealing with this a lot, so let's just deal with it. I want God to open doors and use y'all, but what if He just needs you here to help me? Yeah, man. We need to be thankful for it. Yeah. You do realize, preachers, that not everybody gets to pastor. Yeah, that's right. Not everybody gets to be an evangelist or a missionary. What if when when, when you if you're piled up and, and I all the time want to then I'm not saying God, but, but if you get that way and then one day you see them hands and they'll say, Brother Chris. Serving, still watering, playing the piano, filling in every now and then. Is that not big enough for you? God help us. That wasn't big enough work for you? Yeah. I'm guilty. Yeah. And so are y'all. Yeah. I'm guilty of looking out there and saying, God, my church is sitting in the parking lot full and thinking, which says ours. Like this. Yeah. This is my field. Yeah. 
And, and this is half the flock, literally. But what if this is all the only flock I ever got? Sister Don, it's way more than I deserve. I don't deserve to even speak his name. Let alone invest in your lives. Feed you. Fight for you and help you and guide you and love you and sometimes even want to choke you. I don't deserve that. Only thing I deserve is hell. Because them holes should be in my hands. That crown of thorns should be on my head. Them holes in those feet should have been in my feet. That blood that turned to, or that sweat that turned to blood should have been me under the pressure of my wrath and eternal separation from God. But Jesus shed his blood for you and me tonight. So we'll never have to experience those things. This is a very important one, I believe. Look in John chapter 19. This will be the sixth way Jesus shed his blood. The last one is, man, it really just, this is all just today. I'm just, I'm telling you, just today. Look at John 19. Look at verse number 34. John 19, 34. You're there, say amen. 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 The Bible says this, but one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side and forthwith came there out blood and water. May I say that this is another instance in which Jesus shed his blood when they pierced his side. What, what's the significance of this? Well, if you'll study this out, you'll realize this was not just a random target. That's right. What they would do, Brother Caleb, to make sure a man was dead after being crucified is they would take that spear and they angled it just right to when they would shove the spear in, it would pierce the heart. Yeah. If there was anything left in him, that would have been the last bit. Because when they shoved that spear into the side of whoever it was being crucified, they shoved it in at such an angle to pierce the heart. And I say, Jesus' blood is sufficient for every sorrowful, saddened, what about this, and scarred heart. What about the sinner's heart? We know he, he, the blood cleanses that. But can I say, it does more than just cleanse the sinner's heart. There's people sitting here today that you walked in here however many years ago or months ago and you had scars and you had wounds in your heart but, but somehow or another those are easing up. Somehow or another some of y'all are completely over and that's been healed, that's been taken away. What done that? The blood. The blood. Glory to God, it was the blood. The blood. I won't get into details, I don't have to, but my, I've seen my mama's heart. Just, just, just rang out like a war rag growing up, and I thought she'll never be the same. I thought my family, my home, my my mom and dad's marriage, our lives—it will never ever be the same. And right now, we're kind of seeing that again in a different way. But that blood that came from his heart 
is the same blood that can heal our heart. Isn't that amazing? What I'm trying to tell you is it wasn't just blood what shed just to save you, it was to heal you and to help you and to cleanse you and to enlighten you and to encourage you to help us walk through this thing we all call life. But lastly, and I'm done. Take your Bible to Isaiah chapter 53. This is one mention that you'll probably never hear about being a mention of the shedding of blood. But to me, this may be one of the most important ones. The little caption over my Bible says, A man sorrows. Verse number 1, Isaiah 53, Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up as before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form or comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief. As, as, uh, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Think about this. The Bible lets you know there's more to the blood than just salvation. He has borne our griefs. And He has carried our sorrows. I'm going to ask you, where do we carry our grief and sorrow? In our pocket? Where do griefs and sorrows and struggle, where does those, those things abide? On the inside. They're internal. Would you agree? Watch this. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we didn't see him stricken, smitten of God, afflicted. But he was wounded. Very next verse. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was, everybody say the next word. Bruised. You know what a bruise is? It's internal bleeding. Jesus shed his blood even on the inside. Oh my. So all of our griefs and our sorrows, not only did he bear, but he paid for. The blood was even shed. It, that blood may have never broken and it hit the surface of the ground. But he was bleeding on the inside. Notice, I think it's verse 10. I may, may be wrong, but I believe it's verse 10 that says, and it pleased the Lord that they bruised him. Why would it please God for His Son to be bruised on the inside so He could minister to you and me on the inside? Amen. Amen. Does everybody see how it's the blood, not just for salvation, but for your mind and for your steps and for your service and for your sorrow? Yeah. Glory to God! He cares about our sorrow. He cares about your suffering. He cares about your grief. He cares. He is really touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He paid that internal price with his own blood. So here's what I'm going to leave you with tonight. What in the world could we ever do to thank him enough? What could we ever do to serve him enough? What could we ever do to praise Him enough? 
Why do we gripe and get so upset and grumble and complain when we got to come to church five nights for revival? we got to be here five nights for Bible school. we got to show up and mow the grass and sweep the carport or leave blow the parking lot. Why is it such a big tragedy and a trying test of our time when Jesus has taken all of who we are and what we are and washed it away in His own blood? Even the internal things. I've ran into people, preacher. There's just something in me I can't get over. I've talked to people, I've talked to, to, to young ladies. They've been abused. Molested. I don't understand what's on the inside of you. But he does. Yes, Oh, and every time that devil comes by and brings all that filth up in your mind and tries to beat you down and discourage you and make you kill yourself and do all the things that's hatched out of hell, you just let that devil know, hey, there was bloodshed even on the inside for my wounds and for my, for my, for my sufferings and my sorrow. And my mama don't love me. My daddy don't love me. I don't know how that feels, but it doesn't turn Some of y'all feel on the inside. I can't help you. But he shed his blood for you. You notice how he covered the whole body? His head, inside and out. His back, that's for your mind, your sense. That's for your separation, your selfishness, wanting to leave. These are for your steps. These are for your service. And inside, that's for your sorrows. <laughs> what a lovely Savior. He's so wonderful. Isn't he so wonderful? Isn't it amazing that this is not coincidental or accident? I was reading over I was just reading, some, just reading scripture on my phone between service today. And I thought about those places a while back. I hadn't done anything with it. But I didn't realize these other ones. Then when God showed me Isaiah 53, I said, Dear God, you even led there on the inside. That's why it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Why? So he could reach deep down on the inside. There's nobody too far gone on the inside for the blood of Jesus. To wash away their sorrows, their griefs. He bore our sin, thank the Lord. But he also bore our griefs, our sorrows. And that's why we do have a high priest that is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. The blood does more than just save your soul. It'll save your life. How can we go through things? But Seth. Not throwing the towel. You ever wondered, have you ever come through something and thought, how did I do that? I should not have survived that. How in the world did I make it through? I'm still in church. How? Because whatever day that you knelt down, depending on your sin and ask Jesus to wash you of his blood, he didn't just wash away your old nasty sin. But he said, I believe I'm going to touch the little minds. 
Thank you, Lord. Some of them women and men down there, they're going to have minds get back, get battles and troubles, and their minds going to try to drag them out, defeat them. Their mind, their, their minds going to tell them every lie, and their minds going to pit people against them that's not and them against people that ain't. And their minds got and so I believe I just let me just wear a pound of thorns for that. Yeah. I want to quit. I want to walk away. So in other words, you want to turn your back? He said, "Well, I got that covered too. I'll go ahead and pay the price for that too." Thirty-nine times. I feel that certainly more. How many of y'all's been there? Maybe you're there now. My hands are beat all to pieces. I'm the only one out here turning up dirt and plant seed, fertilizing and trying to get a vineyard in this place. I mean, nobody cares but me. I know one other person that cares. That's why he let them drive nails through his hands. Thank you, Lord. I just don't know if I can walk another mile. It's been a long journey and I've been blessed, but I'm about out of blessing. I'm so tired, I just don't know that I can go. He says, well, last I checked, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not on thy own understanding, and all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy. How can he do that? He's got a trail of blood like his father. He may lead you to some, some uncomfortable places, but he'll never lead you to the wrong place. Amen. There's people in here tonight. You've allowed things to overcome you and overtake you. And I've came with a simple message tonight. All you have to do is beg the Lord Jesus to help you. He's already taking care of it with his own blood. Amen. Whether it's here, 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 on the inside, the feet, he shed his blood for it. The least we can do, the least we can do tonight. It's crawling this altar. And say, Lord, I'm sorry. Yes. I'm sorry for wanting to be a spoiled rotten preacher. Everybody when they drive by says, Well, they must really have a great church because you didn't know where to park. Let me tell you something. That don't mean it's a great church. You mean? Fact is, most of them that's packed out ain't. But what we already have. In eight years, we are spoiled rotten brats. There's men who've been preaching 50 years, they don't have a facility like this. They only got 15. We got one that on our terribly low day. Why should I complain? I didn't pay the price for nuts for nobody here. I didn't pay the price for your soul. Sometimes I get overwhelmed, Sister Annette, people's issues because what I, when I look at it, I say, man, that's not really an issue. I get frustrated. Why is this an issue to them? But can I say, even through the, what we will say, serious or silly issues, I just will shut up and serve because I ain't got no holes in my hands. I got to quit rapping. Got to. I got to quit telling my wife I can't take no more of that. I got to stop that stuff. Because he took it all. You with me? Amen. Talk about things in the ministry and I tell her I can't deal with this another time. I'm at my wits in. You know what I need to do? Shut up. I need to look at my hands and count my blessings. 
That's all I ever got to do is deal with foolishness and preach the blessed word of God and tell sinners that Jesus saves and saints that he can help you and lead you and guide you. All you got to do is submit to his word and sing praises and play and, and pray and, 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 and praise. And oh, What a terrible life. I'm the most blessed man on the planet tonight. A beautiful family. Beautiful family. Not your mother's family. Not a wonderful church. I do not deserve. I have wonderful members. And listen to me, I do not deserve your time. I got nice vehicles to get in. I got a roof over my head. We've outgrown it, but we've got a roof over our head. I'm in my right mind, believe that or not. I don't deserve that. I don't deserve for my children to know the name Jesus. There can, their car cannot drive by our house with loud music that Elijah don't have something to say. Dad, 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 that wasn't what Jesus used to. I don't deserve for him to even know the difference. Don't deserve it. Coming there this morning, he said, Dad, you fixed my hair? Yeah. He said, I want it to look just like yours. I said, you fall around inside. You, you fall around and look like a preacher if you care. So I want, I want to look just like you, Dad. You know who I need to be trying to look just like? Because he wants to look just like me. I need to be trying to look just like him. I'm convicted. Yeah. Really? The Lord just loaded me down with all this today. I said, what's your excuse? I've paid for it all. But just your soul, <coughs> you spoiled rotten brat. I paid for all of it. So I'm going to be the first to find any place and say, Lord, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Please forgive me. Please, Lord, don't hold that against me. Thank you for your blood. That crown of thorns should have been mine. That cat of nine tails should have been mine. Those nails through the hands of the feet should have been mine. That spear that reached up into the heart should have been mine. God can heal your heart today if you let him. But what about all those hidden things on the inside? There's even blood for that. And it came through the bruising of our lovely Savior. Let's all stand, Brother Chris or Mr. Mariah or whoever from this one's come. Father, we love you. I pray God tonight you spoke to your people how only you can. God, I ask you tonight, Lord, to take my efforts and use them for your glory, for your honor. Speak to these hearts tonight in this place. In Jesus' name. Okay, God,
Jehovah. 